0: Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. You guys ready for a great Christmas message this morning? Let's see if you're ready for that. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. It says, When Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the reign of King Herod, about that time some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, "Where is the newborn king of the Jews?" We saw the star and it rose. We've come to worship him." And King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called the meeting, the leading priests and teachers and the religious laws, and asked, "Where is the Messiah supposed to be born?" And in Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be a shepherd for all the people of Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and learned from them the time when the star had appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child, When you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go worship him too. And after this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house, saw the child with his mother, Mary, they bowed down, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave them gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to enter, not to return to Herod. And lastly, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. And he said, stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. Let's pray. Father, I pray in Jesus' name you would use this message, this Christmas message, Lord, that all of us are familiar with, Lord, but I pray you bring to light things that we need to hear for our personal life, Lord we humble ourselves before you, I pray, Father, that you would use me to speak your word. Open our hearts and ears to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I get a good amen to this morning? Amen. All right. Merry Christmas. on the ice can have a seat. As we get into this Don't Stress It Part 2 series, I want to talk about this morning my stressful moment that I had this week. I'm going to be a little honest. I had a little stressful moment week, and it's been... A lot of stress. I mean, you had a stressful week this week. It's been stressful. And you're so distracted. You're so caught up. Sometimes you're so stressed out that you're not even thinking straight. Even just this morning alone, I thought I was putting on deodorant, but it was actually icy hot. So, yeah, it burns. So if you see me doing this during the message, I'm either praising God or airing out my armpits, okay? Because it's, it's, it's pretty bad. But we, make, we all make dumb choices, Amen. We all make dumb decisions. That was a dumb decision. I should have read the bottle. I easily blamed Jerrica. I said, why is it there? And she's like, you put it there. It's easy for us to make bad choices. It's easier for us to blame our bad choices on others. Can I get a witness this morning? And it's just so much easier to blame other people for our bad choices. But see, see, let me just explain to you what happened to me this week. This week, it wasn't so much me having a stressful week. As it was Jericho. she was having a stressful week from work and traffic and busyness and all of that stuff. And and me being the great husband that I am, I said, you know what? I want my wife to come home to something happy and joyful and I want to cheer her up. So what I did was I went, I went to Walmart and I decided to buy Christmas lights. Now here's the truth about your pastor. I love Jesus. I don't, I'm not a big, big, huge Christmas fan. You know, I'm not the one that, that gets excited and is putting lights all over the house and the tree and all of that stuff. Jericho loves that stuff. My parents love My mom loves Christmas. Danny, I mean, he's obsessed with Christmas. He does everything. I'm not like that. I just like, you know, that's fine. But I decided that this year would be different. And this year, I bought these lights to hang at least one string of lights in my house to make my wife happy. Can we just applaud me for a minute and say, yeah, and that's a good husband. But here's where I went wrong. Where are my Walmart fans at? Come on, you remember Walmart fans. How many of you know what the yellow sticker means? Yeah. Amen for the yellow sticker, people? Amen. I went to the clearance aisle. Did you know how many know there's a clearance aisle at Walmart? All right, amen for the clearance aisle. Your pastor saw the the lights, I saw the prices, I I said, oh, it's inflation, I don't know, and this and that. And then I went to the clearance aisle and I found these lights on clearance, half off. There it is, $12, I said, this is it. I found it, I bought the lights, I went home excited expecting these lights to be amazing. My wife's going to be happy. This is going to just be such a blessing. She's going to come home, see the lights in the house. She's going to say, David, this is why I married you. You're the best husband ever. It was all in my head. It was all in my imagination. I saw this. I actually pictured Jericho being so happy. She's going to say, you know what? You sit down. I'm going to make dinner today. I'm going to take care of everything because you are that awesome. And, and then what happened, see, what happened was... um. What went, what had happened was, when I plugged in the lights, they, they didn't work. <laughs> they were not working. And quickly, the stress came because my wife was coming home soon. And I had no lights. And I, I wrestled with this because as I'm, I'm looking through the lights, you see, what happened was I had to trace where the lights was broken because they came with replacement lights and I found the reason. And when I saw this broken light, I realized that because of this one broken light, everything else was affected. Everything else felt the impact of one broken light. And even though the light was connected to a higher source of power even though I had plugged it into the wall, it wasn't working. And I found myself stressing out, I found myself frustrated and angry with myself and why did I buy these lights and I don't even know where the receipt is at, I'm wrestling with everything trying to figure it all out and then it just dawned on me and it really came to me, how many of us live our lives this way? You see, I wonder how many of us, we're connected to a higher source of power. We are connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have access to this amazing power. And yet when we look at our lives, it feels like it's just not working it feels like i'm frustrated all the time it feels like a mess it feels like i'm angry it just fear it just feels like it's not working and i see so many people who come to church and pray and worship and do all of this believing that they're connected to god the higher source of power but when you look at their lives they're stressed they're frustrated, their lives are a mess, they're angry, and they might even blame other people, they might even blame God, but they say it's just not working. And here's the sad part. When I plugged into that connection, and I saw the lights not worked out, I realized that what I expected to happen, I expected this beautiful light show, I expected my home to be pretty, I expected that my wife to be joyful, none of that happened. Because of one bulb, one light bulb, made the difference. And I wonder today, how many people, their lives have no joy. Their lives have no happiness. I wonder how many of us are living lives of frustration. And it feels like you're just entangled in a mess. And see, when I saw that this was all tangled and not working out, and I was frustrated, the first thing I had to do was trace it. I had to look through every light bulb and check it out and examine it. And as I traced down the line and I traced down the cord, I finally found it. And when I look at so many people whose lives are frustrated, who have no joy, who are angry all the time, who are not having a life of peace, who are living away from God, when you want to trace where all of the frustration and stress is coming from, here's what I would tell you this morning. You guys ready? Like the one light bulb, if you want to trace where all of your frustration and anger and lack of joy and lack of peace and lack of happiness and attitude, where all of that comes from, you will trace it down to one thing. Choices. I say that with me, choices. The majority of people's lives are a mess because of choices they've made. the majority of people are frustrated because they choose to be. And if you trace everything going wrong in your life, if you trace all the stress and frustration and anger and disappointment and sin, you will quickly trace it all the way back to a choice. To one choice. And today, so many people are stressed because of choices. See, I thought about how many of us are dealing with choices because we deal with choices every day. Some choices are minor. You get up, and what am I going to wear today? What am I going to have for breakfast? Where am I going to get my coffee? But some of you are past that. Some of you are facing major choices. Do I quit my job? Do I move to another state? Do I, do I break up with them? Do I get divorced? Do I put money down for this? Do I buy this? Major, life-changing choices. Some of you might be facing guilt. Shame. Shame because you can't get over the past choices you have made. Some of us are living with fear and worry because of future choices you're going to have to make. Some of you are making marital choices that are affecting your marriage. You're choosing to say things to your spouse you shouldn't. You're choosing to do things to your spouse you shouldn't. And it's bringing marital stress into your life because of choices the spouse is making. Some people have to make parental choices. And what are we going to do about our child? What are we going to do about their problem? What are we going to do about their choices? They're making the wrong choice. And a lot of stressed out parents are stressed out because of the choices in their children. The choices their children are making. You might have financial choices. You might be stressed out because of poor financial choices. And here's what I want to tell you about choices. It's a part of life. But God does not put you on this earth and say, figure it out. My, you know, if you went to public school and you had a choice to make and in a test you were taking or homework you were doing and you went up to your teacher, I never understood. My lazy teachers would just tell me, do your best. Just try and do your best. And then when I fail, they'll say, why did you fail? God is not like that. God doesn't put you on this earth and say, hey, figure it out. Choose wisely. I'll see you when you're dead. See, God says, I've given you this booklet, this instruction manual. It's called the Bible. And in this book, there's life principles. In this book, it deals with every area of your life. It deals with your character. It deals with family. It deals with finances. It deals with your past. It deals with your future. It deals with your present. It deals with the government. It deals with everything you have in your life. God did not ever send you here and say, figure it out. He says, no, I have sent you here with instructions, but it's up to you whether you're going to choose to live under my word or not. And life is a series of choices. And you are where you are and have what you have because of the choices you have made. Wait, I'll get to the Christmas story. Calm down. But see, in Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 through 16, it says this. Now listen. God is telling the Israelites, listen now. Today. Everyone say today. Today, Today, I have given you a what? I've given you a choice. Here's a scary thing. God says, I've given you a choice between life and death. Did you realize that every day of our lives, you and I are facing a life and death situation? And a life and death situation is based on the choices you have to make. And God says, I have given you today a life and death choice. And that choice is between prosperity and Disaster, And then God says, and I'm commanding you this day to love the Lord your God and keep His commandments, decrees, and regulations by walking in His way. And here's the problem with this. God says if you want to live a life of blessing and prosperity where I can actually bless your life, you have to choose to live according to my way and my word. But we live in a culture that says, no, I want to live my way. I want to make my choices. It's my life. I do what I want. It's my body. It's my choice. It's my kids. I choose what I want for them. And God says, No. Everything you have has been given to you by me. And everything you have, it can only be blessed if you govern it according to my word. And it's your choice to keep my good commands, to keep my decrees and regulations by walking in His ways. And here's the promise. If you do this, you will live. You will be multiplied. And the Lord your God will bless you. And the land you are about to enter and occupy. God made a promise. I will bless you if you make the choice to live according my way. But I'm not forcing you to live my way. I'm just commanding it. But I'm giving you the free will to choose. And God says it's a life and death situation with the choices you make. But ultimately, the choice is yours. Do you want to live God's way or not? But God makes it clear. My way brings blessing and prosperity. You choose not to. It will bring disaster. Destruction. And today in our culture, we're seeing the destruction of our country because we're veering away and away and away from the Word of God, every generation. We're seeing the destruction and the disaster in families today, in the homes today, in our children today, because we are choosing to live further and further and further away from God. And if you don't want to see a life of disaster, Choose wisely, amen? Choose wisely. But as a pastor, I've I've had front row seats to disaster shows. And when I would trace it all the way back, it always came down to a choice, to a compromise. It was always one choice was always one compromise. There was always just one time. And I have seen the lives of so many people be destroyed because of the choice not to do it God's way. Many people are in disastrous relationships because you're choosing to make wrong choices with your singleness. And you're choosing not to wait on the Lord to bring you the right one. And you're choosing to date dirtbags. And then you trace it all the way back to your disastrous life and it comes back to one choice in who you date. But then you make the choice to marry them. And then it falls into a disastrous marriage. And then you have all these problems in your marriage and you're making wrong choices in your marriage and you're thinking, why did I marry them? Well, you had a choice. But then that same disastrous couple in that disastrous marriage that they met while they were disastrously single now have kids. And now they're making choices as parents that are raising disastrous children. Children that don't want to serve God. Children that don't want to go to church. Because when they look at mom and dad, they're seeing the choices that mom and dad are making. And it's affecting them. So now we have a disastrous family forming. And when those children grow up, they're going to grow up to make disastrous choices worse than their parents. And we live in a society that's making disastrous choices with our finances. We're making disastrous choices with our homes. We're making disastrous choices with our health. And all it takes is one choice. When you trace it all down to every destruction, every disastrous family, home, person, it all comes down to one choice. Just like one light bulb has a profound effect on everything else, God says one choice will have a profound effect on everything in your life. That is why it's a life and death situation. When you read the Bible... You'll read of so many people who were connected to God, just like the lights, connected to a higher source of power, but they made the wrong choices and made a disaster of the calling of God in their life. God had called some of these people to a life of victory, a life of power, a life of blessing, but they messed it up and created a disaster because of choices that leaned away from the Word of God. Let me give you some examples here. From the beginning of time. We see Adam. Adam had no choice in who he married. God just brought him to her. And Adam could have said like he did to God, well, it was the wife you gave me, Lord. I had no choice. You're the one that set me up with her. And though Adam had no choice in the wife he married, Adam had a choice in how he would would govern his marriage. The choices he would make within his marriage. And the second his wife was talking to that devil, Adam made the choice not to do a single thing, but to let the devil continue to talk to his wife. And then when that woman brought the forbidden fruit away from the word of God, the forbidden fruit to Adam, Adam made the choice to compromise and have a happy life with a happy wife. I will just do what she wants, even though it goes against the word of God. But church, every time you veer off the word of God, it doesn't end well. And he made the choice. And sin came into this world. I thought about Samson. Samson was connected to God as well. He was a higher source of power. And Samson had this amazing strength that was given to him by the Holy Spirit. And it was evident that God's favor was on Samson. It was evident that God was using him for his kingdom glory. But then he met her. And it wasn't just Delilah. Everyone focuses on Delilah, but the Bible says he met another girl there and married her. And then he started choosing his wrong friends. He started choosing friends in Gaza and not in Israel. You see, the people you choose to make friendships with have a profound impact on your life. The people you choose to date the people you choose to have a friendship with. And as Samson continued to make choices that did not align with God's word, he finally met Delilah and he did it again. He did not learn from his last marriage. Because some people are repeat offenders. And they, not, they do not learn from the bad choices of their past and they go right into it. I often wonder how someone leaves a disastrous relationship to date someone just like their ex. Oh, it's quiet in here today. Because you're a repeat offender. But Samson made a disaster of his life because of the choices he made in relationships. I thought about Jacob. Jacob was a twin who betrayed his brother Esau, who took his birthright. We all know the story. He made a disaster of his family. They all split apart. And everyone looks bad at Jacob. And Jacob is the liar. Jacob is a deceiver. But when you really, really look at this story and you see how Jacob put on the fur coat and pretended to be his hairy brother Esau to deceive his blind father Isaac, if you really trace it all down, It was his mother that made him the cult. It was poor parenting. His mother should have stood up and said, you are not going to divide this family. You are not going to do that to your brother. I will not let you bring division to this family. And she, she should have stood up for the right thing. But she's the one that says, listen, I'm going to help you make this dinner to deceive your brother, and I'm going to make you, I'm going to help you make this fur coat to deceive your father. And it was her choice in parenting that led to the downfall of her children. Are you listening this morning? David was connected to a higher source of power. David had a relationship with God like no other. But one day, David, all it takes is one day. Walking on the rooftop, minding his own business, and he sees a naked woman through a screen window. The same is true today. Today, there's such a vast problem with pornography. The same thing, naked images through a screen window. And David, right there, the minute he saw her, He should have run. He should have bounced his eyes back. He should have gone away. But the Bible says he made the choice to be there. He made the choice to watch it. And as a result, it wasn't David that got hurt by it. It was his son that the Lord took away from him. Why? Because your choices do not only affect you, they affect everyone around you. Just like the Christmas lights. It's not just one bulb that's the problem. The one problem in the bulb affects all the other ones. Amen? Here's how the devil lies. You're not hurting anyone. It's just you. But your choices and what you do, your choices and how you live, your choices and how you parent, your choices and how you decide, your choices and how you choose, not only affect you, but affect those around you and have a profound impact on the calling of God in your life. It has a profound impact on your loved ones. You're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting everyone else around you. You're making a disaster of your life because of your disastrous choices. And one of the biggest failures in the Bible is in Judas. Judas was with Jesus. He was connected to the higher source of power. The Bible says that the Lord gave him authority to cast out demons. He had the power of God on him. The Lord gave him favor. The Lord showed him, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Savior of the world. Judas did ministry with Jesus for three years. Judas saw the miracles. Judas did the miracles. Judas heard the sermons. He saw everything. But Judas' choice to reject Jesus for 30 pieces of silver had eternal consequences, because some choices have eternal consequences, not just earthly ones. And when you choose to reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is an eternal consequence you will live with for the rest of your eternal life. Choices matter. Say it with me. Choices matter. And you may be connected to a higher source of power, but what is the point of being connected to God in power if you're going to choose to do things away from His Word? It doesn't work like that. And just like I expected, a great light show, and a happy wife, and a great day, all of my expectations failed me. I could blame Walmart. I could blame the lights. It was my choice. I should have went name-brand. I should have gone target, people. I should have gone target. But I've always preached the devil works at Walmart, don't don't I? I should have known better. We are connected to God. And we expect to be happy and blessed and prosperous. But it's not working. It's actually bringing stress and failure and frustration to people. Why? Because God says, though you are connected to me, And my power is upon your life. Your choices are stopping you from experiencing the fullness of God's joy and presence. It's your choices. Go ahead and blame God, blame the church, blame me, blame your childhood. Blame your parents, blame the government, blame the president, blame your co-workers, blame your boss. But you have, my mom always taught me this, you have what you have in your life because you allow it. It's your choice. That's why I want to talk about the wise men. Because the wise men were wise, but they did something dumb. And I don't know about you, but I know that there are some wise people that do the dumbest things. That's why I thought about the wise men this Christmas. The wise men, I want you to notice, they studied scripture. They knew everything they had to know about Jesus. They were excited to meet the Lord. They had a lot of knowledge. What I love about the wise men is that they wanted more. You see, it wasn't enough for them just to study the scriptures about Jesus. It wasn't enough for them just to learn about Jesus. Something in them says, I want to experience the Lord. I want to experience the presence of Christ. I want to be around His glory. Guys, let's pack up everything and go to worship Him. And what I love about the wise men Is that they knew that God was doing something great on earth and they wanted to be a part of it. But let the wise men remind you all today that they made the choice to go with Jesus. The wise men were from the East, they were from Babylon. The wise men were not Jewish. The wise men came from a very ungodly pagan culture of idolatry, astrology, witchcraft, magic. They came around all of that. The the word magi is where we get the word magic from. They were into sorcery. But there was an emptiness in their life that when they read about Jesus, there was something in them that changed. And they said, I have to find this Jesus. And let the story of the wise men remind you that it doesn't matter how far you may think you are from the Lord, you can always draw near to God and He will draw near to you. It doesn't matter who you are as a person. They weren't Jewish, but they still knew they can go to Jesus. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but no matter how far you think you are from God or who you are, you can always draw near to the Lord. And these men said, guys, let's pack up everything and go. We have found him. The star is there. It's Christmas. The Lord has been born. Let's go. And this is why I'm troubled by this. Because these wise men, I'm about to ruin your Christmas, by by the way. Because these wise men, we always have a picture of the wise men, three of them. And each of them are carrying a little box. And then they're they're going to the manger, they never made it to the manger, by the way, but they bring these little these little things, a little gold, a little frankincense, here's a little myrrh. something in them when they read about Jesus. And they experienced the Word of God like never before. When the magic didn't work, the witchcraft didn't work, when the sorcery didn't work, when the Babalao didn't work, when all of this didn't work, there was something they read about Jesus that said, here it is. And they traveled months to go worship. And what breaks my heart this Christmas is that some people won't even travel 10 minutes to go to church. I got too much going on. I have too much to do. I'm too tired. But here you have these men that were willing to travel through desert on foot and camel for months just to bring an offering to the Lord of worship. And everyone seems to think that it was just a little bit that they gave. But Isaiah 60, verse 6, prophesies about this. And it says vast. That word vast is a Hebrew word that means multitude. Multitude and vast caravans of camels. Notice that. Well, coverage on you. The camels of Midian and Ephah And the people of Sheba talking about the wise men. Those are Babylonian countries will bring gold and frankincense and will come to worship the Lord. Isaiah prophesied and when Isaiah prophesied, he did not prophesy about three little men carrying one little box to bring it to the Lord. He prophesied about multiple, multiple and multiple men and women with caravans and caravans and caravans of camel and they got everything they had, the best of what they had to bring it to the Lord because we serve a God that does deserves the best of what we can offer. And I'm tired of the church preaching that it was just three little men that came with the little bucks here, Jesus. No, that's what you do to the Lord. But these men, these men said we're going to travel for months and risk our life and we're going to take the best of everything we have and we're going to risk it all to give it to the Lord and worship because He deserves our highest praise. But when you look at the culture we're living in today, we want God to do something massive in our lives, but we want to give Him the bare minimum. I'll give you a Sunday if I have time. But one Sunday is not going to change your life. Well, if I have time, I'll read a few scriptures. see, these wise men said, let's bring the caravan. Let's load up the camels. And camels can carry over 2,000 pounds on them. And the fact that the Bible said they were vast camels means that what they were offering to the Lord wasn't minimal. And some of the disasters in our lives are because when we go to God, we want to give a minimum of what we can. And I pray this Holy Spirit convicts you and me and this whole church this Christmas that God deserves more than everything that you have. These men, Got the caravan and made the choice to go worship the Lord. But here's where it gets sad for me. They were excited for the Lord, they wanted to meet Jesus, they got excited about His Word. They got everything they had and said, he deserves the highest, get the caravan, bring the camels, everyone, let's go, let's travel on foot for months. I can't wait to meet Jesus. I can't wait to be in his presence. Let's go. There was this joy, there was an excitement until they went to Jerusalem instead of Bethlehem. You're saying, Pastor, what's your point? At one point in the wise men's life, they made Jesus a big deal. With the caravans, the camels, let's go worship Him. But instead of being where they were supposed to be in Bethlehem, they were where God never told them to go in Jerusalem. And they missed the birth of Christ. They missed what would have been one of the greatest experiences of their life. And I wonder, can I preach now, how many of you are choosing to miss the best of what God has for your life Because you're choosing to do things and go to places God never told you to go. And I've seen so many people start off great with the Lord and they start off making Jesus a big deal, going to church, excited. It's almost like you came in your own little caravan. I'm going to give everything. I want to serve. I want to give. I want to serve. I want to give. And He deserves them all. And then I see the same people just veer off course and end up in the wrong place. And I asked myself, why does that happen? Here's why. I want you to understand how the devil works in your life. Can you put a map here for a second? Yeah, we put a map for a moment. That's the, that's the course that they took. They went from Babylon in the east, ungodly pagan, vile country. And they traveled. This route. And did you notice, I want you to notice Jerusalem and Bethlehem. You guys notice that? What do you guys notice about Jerusalem and Bethlehem? They're close. See how the devil works? Just when you're close enough for your breakthrough. Just when you're close enough to see God come through. Just when you're close enough to your victory the devil will always bring your distraction. The devil will bring you something that looks better, that appears better, but it's not from God. And they were so close to Bethlehem, but when they crossed to Jerusalem, they went off course. And that's why they missed the birth of Jesus. The devil wants you to miss out on what God has for your life. And the devil works best just when you're closest to your breakthrough. And that's when the devil brings the wrong relationship. That's when the devil will bring the wrong job, the wrong person, the wrong opportunity. Because it is when you are closest to the will of God that the devil tries to veer you off course. And the wise men made this choice. They knew. The Bible is clear that those wise men knew the word of God. They knew the child was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Did they not? But they made the choice to go to Jerusalem. Look at verse 1 and 2 and 4 with me. And I want to read this for you guys. But the word of God says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea during the reign of King Herod about the time some wise men from the East land arrived in Jerusalem asking, notice what they asked in verse 2. They were asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. And look at verse 4. He called the meeting of the leading priests and teachers and religious law, and they asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? You see, when all the wise men and all of the religious people got together, they all were in agreement. They knew the prophecies. They knew the Word of God. He was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. My question to these wise men, if you knew what the Word of God said, why are you in Jerusalem? And that's the question I have for so many in the church. If you know what the Word of God says, why are you veering off it? Why are you choosing to disobey it? And the Bible is clear that the wise men, even though they knew the Word of God, and they knew the prophecy, and they knew where they needed to be, they leaned on their own understanding. Even though they were being led by the star, God was leading them. They made the foolish choice to go to Jerusalem instead. And God was giving them all the signs, it's not here. But they chose to veer off the word of God. This is why, this is where it went wrong. If you want to trace where it went wrong for the wise men, and why they chose the way they chose. The answer can actually be found in Proverbs 3 5 through 7. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's just pause right there. Because the second the disciples, I'm sorry, the wise men, saw the star over Bethlehem. It's okay, there, there's where we have to go. But as they got closer to their breakthrough, they looked to the side, because that's where Jerusalem is. It's just off to the side of Bethlehem. They looked to the side and saw Jerusalem. It was bigger. It was better. It was more comfortable. It was nicer. Bethlehem was a small town in the middle of nowhere. It was a countryside. And they put their own understanding to it. And said, well, if a king is going to be born, why would he ever be born in Bethlehem? It makes sense to us that he's going to be born in Jerusalem. And they did not trust in the Lord. They did not trust in the Word of God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own what? Understanding. They depended on their own understanding and what they thought was best. And that's why we make choices like the wise men. Even though we're wise, we do dumb things because we lean on what we think is right versus what God says is right. And the Bible says, seek His will in all that you do. And He will show you which path to take. You see, God has a desire to guide you. That's why God did not say to the Wise men, hey, Jesus is born. Figure it out where he's at. Just go and find him. You'll see, you'll know when you get there. No, he said, I'm setting up a star. I'm aligning the universe. I'm aligning the planets. I'm aligning everything to show this visible star through day and night so you can know exactly where you need to be. The Word of God is a shining star to us and God says this is what you need to go by. Not your feelings, not your emotions, not what the world says, not what people tell you to do, not what's popular. God says be led by my Word. This is our star that will never lead you the wrong way. And God says, follow that star. And as they were following, they looked to the side. It's always the side. And they said, no, I think this is the best way. Why? Because verse 7 says this right after that. See, that's a popular verse, but this verse never makes the cut. I don't know why. Do not be impressed with your own what? Wisdom. Wisdom. That's the problem why you make dumb choices because you think you're so smart. Amen? You think you're smart, you know, if you're smarter than God. God says, do this. You're like, no, I think I'll do that. I know better. And the wise men did what they did because if you have the title wise men, you must believe it. And they thought they were wise in their own sight. And I can imagine how the conversation went. I know what the word of God says. I know he's in Bethlehem. But I, guys, I really feel like God made a mistake here. It can't be there. That's just a country. We're not country people, we're city folks. Let's go to the city. If anything, this is where God is going to be. And sometimes we go the wrong direction and we ask God to bless it. Can I keep going? they go off course because they're leaning on their own understanding. And whenever you veer off the Word of God, like they did, you're going to miss out. Who knows what you've already missed out on because of the bad choices you did because you thought you were so smart. And in verse 2, whenever you veer off the word of God, this is what happens. Notice the question that they asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? The question they asked is so profound. They said, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? They didn't find him there. And the reason that so many people have stress they don't need and problems they shouldn't have And are living lives of frustration and disappointment is because they're choosing to be in places the Lord is not in. You're choosing to do things that God says, I'm not in this. And if you want to truly experience hurt and disappointment and stress, and if you really want to waste your time and miss out on what God has for you, choose to do things the Lord is not in. And for some of you, it might be a relationship you know the Lord is not a part of. It It might be a business you want to start that the Lord said, no, I never told you to do that. It might be a place you want to move to, but God says, I'm not in it. It might be something you want to invest in, and God says, I'm not in that. It might be something you're doing, and God says, I'm not in there. Every time you veer off the Word of God, you're going to end up in places the Lord is not in and if the Lord is not in it, church, I hate to tell you this, it never works out. They asked a profound question. Where's Jesus? Do you know how much pain you can save yourself? If that will be the question your, of your life, the question you ask every time you make a choice, where's Jesus in this? you think about the worst choice you've ever made, I guarantee you knew Jesus wasn't in it. Because it did not align with his word. Where is Jesus in what you're watching? Where is Jesus in what you're saying? Where is Jesus in what you're listening to? Where is Jesus in the friendships you're choosing? Where is Jesus in the places you're going to? It's amazing because these wise men were searching for Jesus but they were searching the wrong places and there are so many people in this world who are frustrated and empty and broken because you're searching for the Lord in the wrong places. He is here. He is where He tells you He is. The Lord says it is not there. And so many people are choosing choices that they know Jesus is not in. My question to you, church, is where is Jesus in your life? I want you to think about the bad choices you made, and I want to ask you, where was Jesus when you did that? It's a valid question because you're going to ask yourself, why did I ever do that? Where is Jesus? Are you even saved? Where is Jesus? When they got there, They faced the fact that they were in the wrong place. As they traced where they went wrong. When I found the light bulb, after tracing where I went wrong, I knew I went wrong with Walmart, I knew it. But when I traced it down to this one light bulb, I faced it. You see, if you're making bad choices this Christmas, you first have to trace where you're going wrong. Is it what I'm watching? Is it where I'm working? Is it my friends? Is it my girlfriend? Is it. And the Lord always has a way of showing you where it's wrong. But here's the thing as a pastor I've seen in counseling. Many people know where they're wrong. Have you ever said I shouldn't have said that? Why did I watch that? Why did I click that? Why did I say that? Why why am I not happy? The majority of people, they know what's broken in their life. That's one amen. Can I get more amen on that? You know what's broken. It's amazing when I sit down for counseling, they tell me what's wrong. I'm supposed to tell them what's wrong, but they already know. The problem is, we know what's wrong, but we don't face it. The wise men said, Jesus isn't here, is he? They had to face the fact they weren't so wise. They had to face the fact that they made a wrong turn. And if you're in a place where you're making bad choices, you need to trace the fact as to why and where. Where are you going wrong? And once you've traced where the problem is, you have to face it. But we live in a culture of blame today, more than ever. And we want to blame everyone, excuse everything, justify everything. But you have to trace and face. Say that with me. Trace and face. You have to face it. And I'll close with this. Even though the wise men made wrong choices and veered off course and they went away from the word of God, I want you to notice that they eventually found Jesus. Because I want to tell someone here this morning, don't ever let the devil tell you you're too far. Don't ever let the devil tell you you've done too wrong. Don't ever let the devil lie to you and tell you you're too bad, you're too sinful, you're too dirty. What I'm thankful for this Christmas is that I see a bunch of wise men that made dumb choices, and even though they missed the birth of Christ, They've ultimately found them. And I say in Jesus' name, it's better late than never. Amen? Better late than never. And some of you, I love our church, because some of you are newly saved. Some of you aren't saved yet. I'm praying for you. Some of you have been saved for only five years. And aren't you glad you lived a life? You lived a life of shame. You lived a life of sin. You lived a life of brokenness. But aren't you glad that that star never stopped shining? The Lord was always guiding you. The Lord was always guiding you. The Lord was always guiding you that star that the Lord was controlling did not dim because of their choices and the light of Jesus Christ will not dim for you because of yours and when they face the fact that they were in the wrong place my prayer this morning is for anyone making wrong choices it's time for you not only to trace it because I believe you already know where you're wrong it's time for you to face it and say Lord you're not in this Lord forgive me because I know I'm in the wrong place I know I'm not where I belong. I know that this is not from you. And what I love about the wise men is simply this. They went back on course. They went back and headed to Bethlehem. In other words, they realigned themselves. And it's time for someone here this morning to realign themselves with God's Word God. They traced it. They faced it. And verse 12, it was time for them to erase it. When I saw this broken bowl, what I have to simply do is remove it. Get rid of it. And replace it with a new one. And that's what God wants to do in your life. God says, I want to erase the sin in your life. I want to erase your past. I want to erase your present and future choices and mistakes. And I want to replace your life. I want to replace your sadness for joy. I want to replace your anxiety for peace. I want to replace your loneliness for fulfillment. And Christmas is all about Christmas lights. You say, Pastor, no, it's not about Jesus, let me explain. It was one man named Adam that sinned. And the entire world felt the effect of it. But Jesus Christ came down to earth to take our place. And it's only through Jesus that we're able to experience the power of His forgiveness and experience the light of salvation. How awesome is that? Come on, say it with me. Trace. Where are you going wrong? How many of you know it? Say, I've traced it. Some of you, it was a record. It took you one second. I, I know it. My question is, will you face it? Say face. Face it. Don't excuse it. Don't justify it. Don't blame. And say, Lord, erase it. Lord, get rid of it in my life. Some, for some of you, that's a habit. That doesn't honor God. A choice that you're making a choice of who you're with, a choice of what you're putting into your body, a choice that you know is not honoring to God. And you pray, Lord, erase it. And that's exactly what God did for the wise men. Verse 12. Look at verse 12. When it was time to leave, oh man, Bible says when it was time to leave, they returned their own country by the other route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. I want you to hold that thought. Because the Bible says that the wise man finally made it to Jesus. And after they experienced Jesus, God told them, go another direction. And when I read that, the Lord spoke to my heart that that's what He wants to do in the life of someone here today. He wants to change the course of your life. Let's see how the devil works, though. Look at verse 8. The Lord told them, Herod, sorry, Herod told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back. That spoke volumes to me. Because Herod is an evil, wicked king just like Satan. And Herod had no problem with the wise men going to worship. They had no problem. With him going to Bethlehem to worship Jesus, I have no problem. The only thing he said to them was this. Come back. Come back. What a picture of the devil this Christmas. The devil doesn't care that you worship the Lord. The devil doesn't care that you go to forward. He doesn't care that you go to church. He doesn't care that you praise God. He doesn't care that you have a caravan of camels and gifts to worship. He doesn't care what you're offering to the Lord. As long as he knows that when worship is over, you come back to him. And that's what the devil is doing to the church today. You go, it's Sunday, go worship. It's Sunday, go praise, give your offering, do what you do, serve, do this. As long as you come back to your sin, come back to your addiction, go back to the world, come back to me where I rule you, I'll let you worship all you want. But see, Herod, Herod got mad. When he found out that these wise men met Jesus, they found the Lord, they worshipped Him, and God intervened and changed the course of their direction, and they never went back to Him. That's what true freedom in Christ is. You tell the devil that has ruled your life, the devil that wants you back, I pray that the devil gets angry because he knows he will never have you back. That is freedom. And that is freedom that many people in the church do not have. A lot of you here are leaving church this morning and you're going right back to Herod. But you can make this Sunday different. And make this Sunday a Sunday you make the choice to say, no, Lord, I need divine intervention and a course correction. And they never went back. the wise men show me that even the wisest people make the dumbest choices, but the Lord still shines. And they were late. They were late to this Christmas party. Because the Bible says in verse 11, they entered the house and saw the child, not the manger. You see, if you have have wise men inside a manger, get that out. Because it's not biblically accurate. Those wise men were so foolish, they missed the birth of Christ because of their own choices. But God said, though you've missed, you've missed out. That's the consequences of sin. You've missed out on what things I have for you, but I'm not done. And He led them to the house. And the Bible says they were overwhelmed with joy. Can I pray for you today? With every head bowed right now. This Christmas. I know it's not a traditional Christmas message. But I know that we all needed this tonight. I want to pray for those here tonight, today. That you're saying, Lord, I need a course correction. I've leaned on my own understanding. I've veered away from the word of God. I have making choices that do not honor you. I am making choices. As I trace it, I'm facing it, Lord. I am making choices. I know you're not in. If that's you this morning, would you have the courage to show me your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. And you, you all around me today. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm not even calling you to the altar. This is you and God's time. But I'm telling you today, Christmas is a reminder to these wise, foolish people. I don't know why we call them the wise men. We should call them the foolish men. But it reminds me that no matter what foolish decisions you've made in the wisdom you thought you had, the light of the Lord still shines bright. And He says, now that you know I'm not there, and now that you're frustrated, would you turn and repent and come to me? And the wise men should teach us all. It doesn't matter how far you are from the Lord, who you are. The Bible says, "You draw near to me, and I will draw near to you." That's your choice today. You say, "Lord, I'm facing it, and I want you to erase it so that I can replace it." You need to erase the sin in your life through Jesus Christ and replace it with Godly Let's all stand to pray today. I'm going to pray for all of you here today. Merry Christmas, everyone. With every head bowed and eye closed today, just say, Lord Jesus, I'm making the foolish choices and fill in the blank. Where are you choosing wrong? As I trace it, Lord. I trace my sadness, my guilt, my pain to this choice. Tell the Lord, here any more Would you tell the Lord now, Lord, thank you, because today I'm facing the truth of my sin. I'm facing the truth of how the devil has deceived me and I've gone off course. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this Christmas sermon, this Christmas story, through the eyes of the wise men, the wisest people who made the dumbest decisions. And that is a picture of us today, Lord. We are wise in our own eyes, But in the truth of our hearts, Lord, we are so foolish in our sin. And Father, there are people in this room and listening online today that are off course. They're doing things you're not in. Making choices you're not in. And Father, I pray that you would forgive us all for our sins. Forgive us for our choices. In Jesus' name. And if you're here this morning, I don't want you guys to leave without the opportunity of making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. That is the true meaning of Christmas. You're here this morning, that message is for you. It doesn't matter who you are, how far you've come from God. Our sin has separated us from the Lord. But Jesus Christ in His love and mercy came down to earth to die on the cross for our sins. And our sins have been replaced with forgiveness. Jesus paid the price. And the Bible says if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He died and rose again, you will be saved. And if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive you. It is not by works. The wise men brought gifts to the Lord out of, to admire Him and worship Him. Those gifts were never an indication of the wise men giving it to Him for forgiveness because you can give nothing to the Lord. Nothing you can give him can save your soul. If you acknowledge today that Jesus is Lord and ask him to forgive you, you can draw near to the Lord today. And if that's you, I want you to put your hand up as well and say, Pastor, this is me. In Jesus' name. Father and the Lord, we come to you. And we pray that you would help us to make the right choices. Not just this Christmas, but for the rest of our lives. Forgive us and help us, Lord. Forgive us for doing things you are not in. But we thank you, Lord, that no matter how far we veered our course, your light still shines bright and gets us to where we need to be. And it is better late than never in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for revealing your Son, Jesus, to us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. You guys can have a seat where you're at. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you guys were blessed by that message. How many of you say, Pastor, I needed that Christmas message. It was different, but all of us need this message. I really pray that you guys leave church this morning and say, Okay, Lord, choices matter. I'm in a life and death situation. Choose your words wisely. Choose your actions wisely. And choose to do the word of God. The devil wants you in Jerusalem. He always gives you another thing my mom used to tell me. The devil will always bring his what? His best before God's. And in in our human eyes, believe me, Jerusalem looks way better than Bethlehem. I've been there. Frankie's been there. We've been there. But God said, that little place you think is insignificant is where you're going to find Jesus.